welcome to the Facilitating Extraordinary podcast. This is Travis, and I'm joined today with special guest, uh, Tony Benedict. Tony is the president of the Association for Business Process Management Professional. Tony, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Travis. Uh, great to be here. Yeah, I really, really do appreciate it. Tony and I have had the chance, I'd say over the last, what, three months or so to get to know each other pretty well through um, our work at the association. So, um, Tony, I know you really well, but why don't you start with just kind of a, a basic background of, of you and um, kind of how you got plugged into business process management of all things? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, and just uh, of note for both Travis and myself, um, our participation with ABPMP is actually in addition to our day jobs. <laughs> That's right. So we actually have day jobs where we work for a living, and ABPMP is really, uh, um, you know, more about passion and giving back. So um, I've actually had a very interesting career, at least um, if you look at the different industries I've uh, worked in. I uh, majored in biology, started my career out in the pharmaceutical industry, went back to grad school um, and uh, changed industries and worked for um, Intel in high tech, then went out into consulting after about nine years at Intel, did uh, global business consulting for about four years, did international travel, which was fun at that time. Um, and then was recruited into healthcare and uh, worked in healthcare for about seven years and then went back out on my own doing strategy and operations and business transformation consulting. Um, and actually, I got involved with ABPMP back in 2003, and I was actually at a BPM conference in San Francisco in 2002. And I met um, our then president, Brett Champlin, um, and just got to talking to him. And, and I said, look, I just took over a group um, at Intel uh, doing business process management. And I'm really looking to kind of train people and get some standards in place. And I said, you guys have a body of knowledge. He said, no, but why don't you join and we'll put one together that's how that happens, right, Tony? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was 2003. And, uh, you know, we developed version one, we put it out for feedback. And we launched version two in 2009 and went public with it. Um, and then version three came out in 2013. And version four came out last year. So it's been an ongoing evolution. It's been a lot of fun and, you know, got to meet a lot of people, including yourself. Yeah, that, that's great, Tony. And that's one thing that I've appreciated about our relationship so far is that, um, you know, this is an addition to our day job and hearing about your background and um, how you've really been plugged into this work from almost the very beginning is so cool, I, I think. And um, as I get more engaged in the board, um, seeing your impact and the group's impact on this kind of body of knowledge, business process management is just pretty incredible. It's an international organization. I don't know how many people really know that, that th this is an international group that, that you help lead. It's, um, it's phenomenal. So um, some of our listeners, Tony, you know, they hear business process management 
and some of them may think they know what that is, but what, what, for someone that's just now getting into this type of work, what, what is business process management? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into the, you know, the uh, long definition of what it is, but it, it's really um, a management discipline that's oriented towards um, documenting and managing and improving the major cross-functional processes of any company. And people might think of uh, order to cash, procure to pay, um, uh, request to service, you know, things that directly will impact the customer. Um, but there's also hire to retire, there's forecast to plan, you know, there's a bunch of uh, value streams that are subsets of the larger value chains. And that's really what it's about. And uh, that hasn't changed for the over 30 years that I've been involved in it. And, um, you know, there's a great book called uh, Managing the White Space in Organizations. And um, a gentleman who uh, actually was a PhD in industrial engineering, Gary Rumler, who passed away, um, gosh, maybe about 10 years ago, it was his uh, PhD thesis, and he actually ended up publishing it. Um, and uh, Mike Hammer, if you remember Mike Hammer from the Reengineering the Corporation, of course, called him up and said, "I just wrote this book, but I don't know how to do it." <laughs> so Gary Rumler actually uh, explained to him, you know, a methodology for how to do it, and it's all uh, geared towards the fact that resources are managed vertically in companies, hence organizations like sales, finance, marketing, you know, but order to cash and uh, prospect to customer and things like that are managed cross-functionally. And so uh, managing processes within the system, which is, which is really your organization is what it's all about. And that hasn't changed, even with a lot of what you see today on the internet with blogs and, um, you know, articles about digital, 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 agile, agile, agile. Um, it's still uh, centered on process. So okay. when, you do, when you do digital transformation, you have to know what your processes are, right? So BPM is 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 really the, the center of gravity for all that i hope yeah. i didn't give you the long version of the answer i wasn't trying to do that well, well it's almost like you had your fingerprints all over the body of knowledge or something tony <laughs> i mean um, <laughs> you, you, you know but i mean i i think the very simple you know insight to that it, it is a management discipline and it is a way to look at your organization from end to end process and some organizations just haven't had that mindset, right? They haven't always looked at um, their processes in that way because they're structured in that traditional hierarchy, like you stated. And I think I love that you mentioned digital transformation because you can't pull up an article today on any major news feed and not see digital transformation as the headline. But if, you've, if you dig a few layers deep, um, all of this, I think, is based on good business process management principles. What, what would you say, you know, as, as a leading expert in this space, 
is that where business process management's going? It's, you know, going in that direction. Maybe we're using different terms kind of in the mainstream media, but is that kind of the next phase for this work? That's a great question. Um, and this is what I try to do, and I don't want to um, get caught up in, you know, buzzwords and hype, which I think is, is out there. And, you know, you have to sort of uh, see the forest through the trees. My, my example of this is, is if you look at Amazon, um, you know, when they first launched their website, it was all about buying books online. And what did they do? Well, they also took that experience to the next level. You know, you have one-click purchasing now, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, look on a, you look at a book, you say, hey, I like it. Maybe you'll read the reviews. And then you say, I want it. And you do a one-click purchase. It takes you to your, it literally pushes you right through to your cart. If your credit card's already stored, place order, done. It's two clicks. Well, they took that to such another level where uh, my sister-in-law bought toilet paper on Amazon yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like a week ago because she couldn't get it at the grocery store. But my point is, is you can buy anything on the planet through Amazon and they have, you know, 300,000 square foot warehouses strategically placed all over the country to handle regional geographies. And it's all focused on really the web front. It's that customer experience and that's BPM, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and so you could say, well, they got all these technologies. That's true. But those technologies are what enable and accelerate uh, the business processes, but also the customer experience around those processes. And so to me, that's the future yeah. is is how do you make it really easy for customers to do business with you, know your process, and then, and then you know, experiment with available technologies that have a, at least a minimum of a 70% success rate. Um, you don't want to pilot something that nobody's proven yet, right? Yeah. Um, so artificial intelligence is still in its infancy, and it's starting to roll out um, SOS robotic process automation. But again, these are technologies. And there's great use cases now where there's 70% success rate or higher where those technologies have been implemented for those processes. And so that really is where it's going to go. And it, it's not a question of will it eliminate jobs. It will eliminate probably certain jobs but it'll, it will create many others. And I still think process will be there as the center of gravity. I, I think that's great insights, Tony. And it reminded me when you were talking, and I think it was a Bill Gates quote that said, when you automate inefficient processes, you magnify the inefficiencies. And I think, you know, having a strong foundation, and I thought your Amazon example was brilliant of how, you know, starting small, you know, figuring out that, the book ordering process and how they scale that now to ordering toilet paper that you can get in within two hours in some regions, right? Um, it's phenomenal to see how they've used those sound processes. Um, just ultimately for Amazon, it's a game changer. And I think other organizations can see similar benefits, not to the scale of Amazon, of course, but 
um, you know, I, I think that people that embrace this can see similar benefits from, from using this discipline. Um, if we, you know, what, what advice would you give to organizations that are maybe interested in just getting started? Where, where can they start even with this type of work? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it reminds me of me um, 17 years ago when I met Brett at the conference and I was uh, head of a, a process management group and I'm kind of going, where do I start with this? Well, you know, what do people need to know? What's the knowledge? Um, is there training available? What are the skills that people need? And so um, that led us down the path to develop a body of knowledge. So I would say, what is the source of the knowledge and skills and competencies? And the body of knowledge is a great place to start. And then um, there's a competency model there that uh, on the ABPMP website that gives you sort of the levels of experience where you might be a beginner, you might be intermediate five or six years experience, you might be 10 or more years, what does that look like? And how many process improvement methodologies are you um, uh, uh, capable of, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a lean guy, but I've been trained in Six Sigma, I've done re-engineering, I've done th theory of constraints, I've done TQM. And so these are all really, really good methodologies for improving processes. And so that kind of helps. And then, then you say, well, where can I get training? And we, you know, um, we can always Google it. Um, you could always ask somebody you know that's maybe a little bit further ahead on the path than you are. Uh, obviously, on ABPMP's website, we have uh, uh, recommendations. We have partners, um, et cetera. But go get the training and start, start out with the basics. Um, learn how to model, learn how to analyze, um, understand what goes into the analysis to generate improvement. And then once you do improve, you have to implement. And boy, that is huge change management and project management. And by the way, you can go get training on project management and change management. And then once you implement, you just don't walk away and, and, and say, I'm done. Uh, you have to um, manage those processes. So who's the owner? How are we going to govern this? What if the market changes? How do we change our process to adapt, right? And so you have those kinds of uh, more strategic discussions that are very customer focused, but they're governance related, right? And so, um, again, we cover all this in the box, but that's a good place to start. It says, here's everything really we think you need to know here's best practices, then it's really up to you to pursue the path of getting training, going out. Honestly, you'll get really good with on-the-job training. The more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. I think that's 70% of it. Yeah. Um, you know, 10% is probably mentoring and 20% is, you know, getting the knowledge, which is, you know, what I'll call the body of knowledge stuff. But the the training part and the on-the-job training, and more importantly, is 70% of getting good at it. Yeah. I think that's, you almost described the path I took, Tony, and I, I know you and I have talked about this in the past. We have similar backgrounds, lean, Six Sigma background, um, 
PMP from the Project Management Institute. But what I liked about the body of knowledge through the Association of Business Process Management Professional was it was very comprehensive, I thought, of stitching all of those disciplines together. So not only how do you improve processes using Lean, Six Sigma, you know, using good sound project management to help execute, but it also talked about process owners. And I thought, um, for me, it kind of connected a lot of dots um, that I think some organizations are really strong at doing process improvement, but you'll hear things like, we're not great at sustaining that work. And then you start digging a little deeper and that's where you find out that there's not a really good process owner in place. And you use that term in certain organizations and you're gonna get a lot of different definitions of what that is and what that means. I thought the body of knowledge did a great job of just kind of setting the standard for that. So I, I think your recommendation of you know getting on the a, ABPMP website, um, reading the Bach um, and you know considering a certification is a great path ahead. And you do learn a lot on on, on the job training, though. Like you said, seventy percent of this work is just you've got to get your hands dirty with this stuff to really get an appreciation of that. So thanks for that insight. Um, we just talked about the association a little bit, and I know you've served as the president. Why don't you maybe spend a little bit talking about ABPMP and um, maybe give us an overview of that organization? Sure. Um, it was actually founded in officially founded in 2003, and I um, was sort of co-opted to joining the board at that particular time. Sorry, my wife just popped in. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, at, at, at the time, we were more just of a membership-driven uh, association. All of us were practitioners, about 50% of us were business, 50% of us were IT people. And then this whole body of knowledge thing came about. And it was like, look, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff out there, but what's, what's core to this discipline? And so that's when we went down that path. And then we said, look, as a, as a, as a association, we should you know, kind of mirror what Project Management Institute did, you know, get a body of knowledge, develop a, a certification, and then really be the certifying body. And so that was sort of where we were focused initially. And then we got it launched. And then we said, Oh, my God, you know, this is a global thing. Um, I became president in 2009, and decided at that time that we should probably go gold. Um, sorry, go global with this. Um, and so we are literally are on every continent now. Um, we have uh, quite a broad audience. Sometimes it's challenging. I mean, I have met with every chapter and every continent um, as president. And, you know, sometimes it's early in the morning. Sometimes it's late at night to talk to people in China or Australia or India or Brazil or wherever it may be. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we kind of evolved and started doing local language versions of the Bach. We're doing local language versions of the exam. 
uh, to broaden the audience so that, you know, people who want to learn this can learn it. And if English is not their first language, which outside the U.S., that's fairly common, we need to enable them to acquire the knowledge, skills, and competencies in their local language. And then they'll, you know, they'll be um, a practitioner that uh, can evangelize, you know, BPM in their country, which is really pretty cool. Uh, and so we've evolved. We, we have two certifications now. We're working on our third. Um, again, I've been a volunteer. I've been doing this 17 years only because I'm passionate about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we've grown tremendously in, in the, uh, in the world in terms of our exposure. Uh, there's places where, uh, people know us and we're not even allowed to do business in those countries. Like for example, Iran, we had a guy, um, just got his PhD in industrial engineering reached out to us and we gave him what we could um, because, you know, they're on the OFAC list, right? Which is countries you, you can't do business with outside of the U.S. Um, and, you know, he's still out there, which is just amazing. I mean, countries like Nigeria, another OFAC country. Uh, but we have uh, Queensland, Australia. We've we've got um, folks in Japan and China. China's obviously has its challenges in light of um, you know forget about the coronavirus. It's just uh, doing business in China is very different than doing business in, uh, for example, Germany. Right? Uh, Germany is a very open uh, country. China is not. So. So, you know, I've learned a lot um, just really engaging with uh, countries outside the U.S. and also that there are local language differences in terms of practices and terminology in other countries, uh, which has been very enlightening for me. So that's how we've evolved over the years. Um, fundamental to what we've always done is the body and knowledge the, and the certifications. That hasn't changed. But we're evolving the exams and we're evolving the body and knowledge. Version four is a huge improvement over version three. And we really set the foundation to integrate uh, what I would call the newer technologies into the practice of, of BPM. So things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotic process automation. We define what we believe is digital transformation because there's a lot of, every blog, every article sort of tells you what their definition is, but you know, we've cited our sources, whereas these other ones really just define it themselves without citing a source. So we've done quite a bit. I mean, obviously it keeps evolving and it's pretty exciting. Um, and we're really, I would say, where we're going is we want to draw in um, more, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, youth. We want younger people. So you just graduated from college and you are very process oriented and you want to know what the opportunities are. Well, look at what we offer. We have a, you know, an entry level certification. So. Uh, bringing in youth is important because they are the future. 
Uh, they're the future of this organization. So that's all great, Tony. And I, you know, um, I just, you know, the, the version 4.0 of the, of the Bach, anyone I talk to, that's almost directly where I point them if they're wanting to learn more, um, learn more either about the association or, or more about process-based management. I really do. Um, I love how you all thought ahead and included things like blockchain, artificial intelligence, and kind of on that leading edge. So I think the more we can kind of point people to this body of knowledge, I, I think um, the better. And I know I might, I'm a little biased now, but um, I just think there's so much good content in this latest version that um, we should be screaming this from the rooftops. Anyone that wants to kind of learn about this type of discipline should go there as one of their first stops. And not only you know, do we have that entry-level certification, one of the things that I've just been delighted with as a new board member is how we're intentionally trying to, uh, to get into some of these universities and make this part of the curriculum. You know, what, what would you add to that? I, I think that's a big, I think that's a big message towards your vision of we got to get the youth engaged in this, right? Yeah, that, that is a great point. Um, and uh, we developed um, the BPM core curriculum. We did a undergraduate and a graduate um, module. Um, and, and both of those are available in version 4.0 of the Bach. They were in version 2.0, then we took them out in 3.0, we put them back in in 4.0 because uh, we felt that there, were, there are enough universities to date that are actually using the core curriculum uh, that's available. And we have uh, probably about a half a dozen universities that actually use our Bach as a textbook. That's great. Um, in undergraduate, and then we uh, we have a university in Australia that is that has developed a graduate level BPM program based on our core curriculum. So, uh, you know, it's a slow process, but but it's a uh, it's we're in for the long haul. We really want these colleges and universities to adopt. And they, hey, they can modify it, right? We don't say you have to use it this way. We say it's a framework, adapt it as appropriate. As we evolve the Bach and they see the Bach and they look at the core curriculum, they do, they do very well align their courses with the knowledge areas of the, of the Bach. And the core curriculum, what we've done is we've added things in the core curriculum, like certain finance courses, activity-based costing, accounting, um, among others. Certain courses are just very well suited to uh, the BPM uh, discipline. So um, the more we can engage universities, the more they're likely to join in and do something. Um, every university that I've talked to um, has moved forward and developed programs. So not to say that um, I've talked to everyone interested, but anyone willing to have the conversation, I've made myself available to do that. Um, and I've gotten to, know, gotten to know quite a few professors that are pretty excited about it. So 
they kind of see the value. No, I'm kind of smiling over here, Tony, because before we started this podcast, you and I talked about, you know, our ground rules try to stay in 20 and 30 minutes. And I think you and I could talk for an hour or two hours. Well, you, (laughs) you know, I do have one more question that I want to ask you, but will you come back on and talk more in the future if we've got some interest from people that want to learn more about this? I just feel like we're just now getting into some of this. Sure, absolutely. Um, there's quite, I mean, we, you know, I think we covered ABPMP and the body of knowledge today, um, probably more so than maybe we intended, but there's a lot of really good topics out there that we could cover. Um, you know, you mentioned blockchain, uh, you know, that's a great topic. Um, I've done a lot of mergers and acquisitions and I I, I've leveraged what I've done in BPM to really accelerate M&A and post-merger acquisition. There's, there's stuff like that. Uh, there's just, uh, you know, really good topics just on, you know, what is transformation and what, what does it entail? Um, you know, and then you could talk industries. I mean, we, you know, between you and me, we could go healthcare for another hour. Correct. Correct. Um, I could certainly talk through manufacturing um, as well. And, um, you know, I could talk digitization. So whatever, whatever topic you're interested in, yeah, let's do it. I'd love to come back. Uh, always, always great talking to you, obviously. So you don't have to twist my arm on that one. Well, well, I'll ask you again in like three months and then you'll be ready to be done with me. <laughs> no, I, you know, we've had a great relationship, but what, what, you know, if you were to look ahead, Tony, you've been doing this and plugged into this and you've been a thought leader for many years on this subject. What, where do you think um, the puck's going with business process management? Is it somewhere in this digital transformation space? Uh, you know, it, that's a good question. And again, I, I, um, I, I'm going to answer it uh, a certain way for a certain reason. Um, what happened in, let's say, 2003 when I first got into this was BPM was hot. You know, Gartner was doing it. Forrester was doing it. There were conferences everywhere. And it went on for maybe three, four years. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, gee, there's really nothing to talk about. And, and it was more of the, the technology side that was true, right? BPMS technologies came out. Um, they were still in their infancy, but nobody wanted to talk about them anymore because they had a high failure rate. And then, um, you know, that Gartner has that hype cycle and it went into the trough of disillusionment. And BPMS software providers really started making inroads. And now all of a sudden, um, some of these newer technologies are being incorporated into these platforms. And so what happened early on was BPMS platforms were more of, um, I I heard somebody call them topware. Meaning, meaning if you have an ERP system, the BPMS system would sit on top of that. Um, and so I think there was a lot of truth to that. Now, the way the platforms have evolved, um, 
they've evolved into enterprise level platforms like ERP systems, like CRM systems, uh, and SCM, supply chain management and, and customer relation management systems. And so they are literally an enterprise platform unto themselves. So what that's done, in my opinion, is it's returned, it's taken us back full circle and we've returned back to process and now process is hot again. The reality of it is it never, it was always hot. It's just people weren't paying attention to it because it, again, I hate to say it, but we're all kind of, you know, depending on what you do for a living, especially if you sell software, everybody's battling for everyone's eyeballs and everybody's attention. And so it's returned back to process. But if you've been in process, it's always been there. It's always been there. And so I really think you're going to see uh, a tremendous focus on it. Um, even the hardcore IT technical people are talking process. And that, that 10, 15 years ago, totally unheard of, right? They just thought it was workflow modeling and it's not. So, um, you're, but you're going to see a, 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 a tremendous amount of integration between process thinking and technology and the art of the possible and, and what, what can you do to innovate? And so that's kind of where I think it's going and that that's going to be for quite some time because as we do, again, I'm mentioning the Bach again, but as we talk about blockchain, IOT, AI, machine learning, RPA, um, data, data, my, uh, uh, data analytics, data mining, uh, big data. I mean, all the buzzwords, all those foundations are now in the box. So it's like, what do you really need to know from a foundational level? And then the future is applying all that to business process. That to me is where it's really going to go. And I think it's wide open, wide open. The, the idea of digital twins and, 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 and modeling your supply chain digitally before you physically go implement something, that's a big deal, yeah. big deal. Tony, I think your vision's beautiful, and I think it's a great way to end this um, episode of the podcast. Um, you know how much I appreciate you, and I've already got you on the hook for a future session. So um, it's on tape, it's recorded. So um, we'll get you back on here, Tony. But um, thanks again for sharing your insights with us all, and um, we'll be in touch soon, okay? You bet. Thanks a lot, Travis. Travis.